morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Hope and pray that you're expecting something from the Lord. And let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and praise you. Lord, we ask that uh, your presence would be with our presence this morning. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I ask if there's one here that's not saved, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, I do again praise you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. If you would turn with me to hymn number 350 and stand with me if you're able to, please. For 350, are you washed in the blood? Hymn number 350. number 410. 410 in our handbooks today. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, number 410.
As we make our way back to our seats this morning, our last hymn will be number 262. 262 in our hymn books, there is power in the blood. 262. <laughs>
God's Lamb upon the cross. As I behold the blood and view the crucified, the piercing thought overwhelms me. Twas for my sins he died. Lord, make my soul to feel thy suffering on the tree. Lord, break this heart of stone. Lord, make my eyes to see. Lord, make my eyes to see. Amen. Amen. That's what we need for the Lord to make our eyes to see and break this hard, stony heart that we have. And I appreciate that song, Miss Haley. Do uh, want to just before I get into the message this morning, I've asked uh, Brother Ed to pass these out, and while I'm doing, I'm, I'm wanting to be a better uh, prayer warrior and uh, to try to better serve uh, the Lord's people. And so I've asked, if you would, to take this um, this card and uh, put your name on it, and any prayer requests that you may have, um, if it's something uh, personal, uh, that's fine. You can put unspoken or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I want to be, I'm going to, I've got, uh, I've been burdened about my prayer life and I want to um, have a better prayer life and things such. Uh, so I've got a prayer book uh, and I've, I'm putting people's name in it and then every prayer request that you have. So I may better serve and pray for you and uh, as, as, as open as you can. Uh, so, because I believe we need to pray specifically. So, so if you could just uh, put those, if you don't want anybody else to see them. Uh, this will be just between you and I, and uh, you can just hand them to me. Um, if it's okay for, you know, you can put it in the offering plate. Nobody else will see them except for the uh, Brother Phil will hand them to me. But uh, uh, if you could, you don't have to put them, give them today. If there's, um, uh, if you want to uh, give them to me Wednesday or Thursday or next week or whatever the case may be. But please take time and uh, anything that's, that you would have me to pray for. Uh, this is not necessarily the church praying for these things unless you put on there you'd like for the church to pray for them. Uh, but I, I just want to be a better prayer, prayer warrior. Um, and so if you could uh, help me out with that, I'd greatly appreciate that. And uh, get those turned in either in the offering plate or you can hand them to me uh, specifically. All right. Thank you again for being here this morning. I hope and pray that you've already been blessed. Of course, this is the fifth Sunday. And so fifth Sundays we... Uh, generally what we do is we take the Lord's Supper and uh, we have an afternoon service and then a short uh, afternoon service or a uh, short afternoon service there and uh, today that's what we're going to do and as we observe the Lord's Supper this morning um, I believe that the Lord's Supper should be special I believe it should not be something that uh, I know some churches do it weekly some every service some monthly uh, bi-monthly you know yearly uh, however, the case, um, uh, the Bible doesn't say how often we ought to do it. It just says as often as you drink this bread and you eat, uh, eat this bread and drink this cup, you do in remembrance of me. And so it's not the, the uh, 
quantity of times that we do it, but the quality in which we do it. And uh, so we try to do it, uh, you know, four Sundays a year. And, uh, and that's to really, uh, the whole service is to focus on the Lord and our walk with the Lord. And each, I know each week we do that, uh, but this is a special Sunday for us, a time which we reflect on all that the Lord has done for us and all that he's doing currently and all that he's going to do for us as we approach uh, this next month of thanks, Thanksgiving. Uh, we have a lot, our hearts are flooded with the, how good God has been to us. And each one of us could say amen right there. God has been good to us. And uh, uh, we come in this time of the year that we need to be thankful for all that he's done. And, and uh, that's the reason uh, for uh, this service is just to be reminded of what the Lord has done for us. And so I'd ask for you this morning to clear your hearts, clear your minds, don't think about anything else, but just put everything wholeheartedly uh, to the Lord and meditate on Him. And uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer before we even get started and have the Lord be with us. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for all that you do. Lord, all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Lord, we ask to, today for you to, uh, Lord, that you would reign supreme in our hearts. And Lord, that you would speak to us as only you can. Lord, as we take these few moments of just a time to worship and praise you, help us to meditate on all that you've done, what you're going to do, and what you're doing in our lives. Lord, I do thank you again for all that you are, are doing. Lord, I ask that if there's one here uh, that can't uh, say wholeheartedly that, that you are their Lord, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Thank you again for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. One night after some time of ministry, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he ascended up to the upper room and uh, with 12 of his disciples um, and um, there alone with his uh, tiny band of followers, his disciples there, he instituted the Lord's Supper. And we see that in uh, Matthew and, and, and the Gospels there. But uh, it also uh, shows us in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 where we're going to be this morning. But in this short time, the uh, dead body of the Lord Jesus, in a short time, the Lord's body would be laid into a borrowed tomb. And uh, three days later, we know the story and we rejoice in the fact that he's not dead, but he rose again from the grave. And we praise the Lord for that. But his disciples would be numb with shock after what had happened. They, they, they uh, couldn't believe it, even though the Lord told him, you know, what was going to happen. He told him during his earthly ministry, he told him exactly what was going to happen to him, but they, uh, they didn't understand. And in their confusion and grief, their minds would uh, go back to the last days of being with the Lord. And as they seen uh, his triumphant entry, um, uh, people were singing Hosanna and waving palm trees. That's where we get Palm Sunday from. And, and they, were, they were rejoicing in the, his entry. And, and then just a week later, those same people that were uh, praising his name, they were the same people that were saying, crucify him, crucify him. And so uh, they, they see all this stuff going on. And then they, see the, they think back to the arrest there. Uh, in the garden where Peter cut off the ear of one of the soldiers and then uh, the Lord took that ear and put it back on, you remember the story, and put it back on his, his head. That's, that's a miracle in itself. But, and then they think of the trial and the crucifixion, all that the Lord had done for them. You know, they didn't really understand all the things at the time, but 
as, as this time, I can only imagine what they were going through, what the thoughts uh, that they were going through. And they would relive each moment of their last meal with the Lord. And they sat down at dinner and they began to eat. And of course, each one of them, uh, the Lord told them, he said that one of them was going to betray him. And instantly, each one of them, they began to say, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? And uh, shortly thereafter, Judas, uh, Judas uh, left and, and then remained the 11 disciples there. And Jesus took the loaf of bread, and, and uh, during this time, he took the loaf of bread and, and the cup, and he explained to them what uh, the loaf of bread represented, the unlo- unleavened loaf of bread. And then, and then he, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave thanks for it. And uh, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. At that time, the, the meaning really escaped the disciples. They didn't know, okay, this is my body. They didn't understand what was going on. But in just a few hours, the light of their understanding must have began to dawn on them. They began to understand what the Lord was talking about because he was going to be tortured and battered and bruised and and crucified. And after they had eaten the bread, he took the cup filled with unfermented fruit of the vine and and he blessed it. And as he passed it to his disciples, he said, "This uh, uh, This cup is the New Testament, my blood, which is shed for you. And uh, that is what the Lord's Supper is meant to do, is to uh, bring us to the point that we remember what Christ had done for us and the meaning of the Lord's Supper. God has expressed his displeasure when uh, those who abuse the Lord's Supper, and and, uh, it's observed in a particular way with a particular group of people, and, and, uh, and his supper is not to be taken for granted, but to be taken soberly and vigilantly, and, and uh, uh, it's a special occasion. And that's why we're here. I'm going I'm to just give you three things, three thoughts this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 18, uh, the Bible begins to say here, For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you that... They which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before another his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What, have you not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Now, 
I want you to give you just three particular thoughts about the Lord's Supper. Number one, I want you to notice that it's a special occasion. It's a special occasion. There in verses 18 through 22, again, we'll read some of it. It says, first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it, for there must be also heresies among you that they uh, which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before uh, other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. And what's happening here is that the Lord had instituted the Lord's Supper his, uh, uh, in that day. And what was happening was the rich people, uh, they were eating and drinking and they had all that they wanted. But the poor people, uh, they, were left, uh, they were left forsaken. They didn't have, uh, and that's why it says there are some are hung, you know, that uh, are filled and there's others that are, are hungry and uh, some are drunken. And, and so what was happening was that the rich people got all the, the first fruits. They got all that they wanted. And then they left the remains, uh, which wasn't many, uh, for the poor people. And the way the Christians, was, uh, the Corinthians were abusing the Lord's Supper uh, caused the Lord's uh, Supper to be rejected by him. And uh, the Bible says, when you come together, therefore, into one place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. They had a spirit of selfishness and, and divisiveness. And those who were approved or uh, the rich had the special place at the tables and, uh, but were forsaken the, the poor. What had been designed to be a solemn reminder of the price of their salvation and had been reduced to a feast of, of epic proportions. I mean, they were just all uh, just uh, eating and drinking and being merry. And Paul said, is not, this is not the Lord's Supper. This is not what it's all about. You know, when we come in to take the Lord's Supper, it's a special occasion. It's not to, you know, to, uh, you know, to leave other people out it's, and, and to uh, you know, eat and drink and be merry. It's to be a solemn occasion where we're reminded of what the Lord's done for us. You know, the Lord's Supper is meant to be special. It's His Supper. It's He's the one that instituted it there in the Gospels. And he's the one that determined what the elements would be. And uh, he's the one that gave the elements their meanings. And he's the one that limited those that, who could partake of, uh, of the, the Lord's Supper. Although there are many disciples, he ate with uh, his 11 disciples, his apostles there. No friends or strangers were invited to the table. Not even the owner of the home was there to celebrate. God had a particular people, uh, uh, people. It was a particular place. And see, the thing that is, is that it's for a special uh, participants. What makes you and I special? Nothing outside the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, what makes us special is not what we've done, how much money we have, what we've given. None of those things makes us special. What makes us special is what he's done for us. You know, we're just a bunch of sinners saved by grace. You know, so we need to realize that. that the Bible says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Talking about salvation, folks, you know, we have been saved. We, you're nothing, let me share this with you, and I don't mean this to be ugly, but you're no better than a lost person. 
We're all, we're all a bunch of sinners, but what makes us special is that we've been saved by grace and we're special in the eyes of the Lord because He saved us. You see, in order to be a special participant, you need to be saved. If uh, It's for the saved, those who have professed faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I've talked to some people and they think salvation is something that, uh, you know, because they was in an accident and God... Uh, and they say God saved them from dying. That's not what salvation is. Salva- salvation isn't because you were sp- your life was spared. Salvation is trusting in Jesus Christ to save you, to forgive you of your sins. It's not in anything that you've done. It's not in the baptism. It's not in those things. It's not in works. It's all by faith in what Jesus Christ did. When he died on the cross of Calvary, he bore your sins, he bore my sins, so that I can be saved. So that you can be saved. So uh, this, uh, this is for a particular people, and for those particular people, you must be saved. But also, I believe that's the first requirement. But also, I believe there's another requirement in order to partake of the Lord's Supper. You need to be, have a scriptural walk with the Lord. You know, I, I know that none of us uh, are worthy. The Bible says, He that eateth or drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation. And I can share with you, I'm unworthy. You're unworthy. But because of His righteousness, His blood has been shed. And because of His blood being applied to my life, that makes me righteous. Not in my own righteousness, not in my own works, because I can't. But because of his love, because he died for me, and because I'm saved, I'm made righteous. You see, in order to have a scriptural walk and to be made, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, someone that is sinless. Because there's not one person in here that's sinless. What I'm talking about is that we have a scriptural walk that we're obedient to him. In order to be obedient to him, if you've been saved, then you need to be baptized. Amen? Why? Because the Bible tells us there uh, it's the first step of obedience to His command. That He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And that first teaching, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, that's salvation. Teach them about salvation. Then get them baptized. And then after you get them saved and baptized, then teach them, uh, disciple them to do the same thing. And so in order to have that scriptural walk with the Lord, I believe we need to be saved, we need to be baptized, and we need to be living for Him. I, I had a friend or an acquaintance that, uh, that would go and, and live like the devil Monday through Saturday, but then Sunday they put on their, their holier-than-thou clothes and they became super spiritual. Folks, that's not having a spiritual walk with the Lord. A scriptural walk with the Lord is that, hey, you're one. Yeah, we have sin in our life. Yes, we, we fall short of the glory of God many times each day. But when we do, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. At the end of the service, I'm going to have a time of invitation. And at that time of invitation, if there's, God has the Holy Spirit has revealed anything in your life that is uh, not right, whether it's fellowship with the Lord or fellowship with man, 
If there's anything that's not right in our hearts, what we need to do is we need to beeline it down here and we need to confess and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner and forgive me where I failed you, not for salvation, but for fellowship and to be right with God. See, that we need to have that scriptural walk with him, living for him. But then also, not only is it a special observance, but I believe it's a symbolic occasion, symbolic. There in verse 23, look there, it says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he, betray, he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is, in, is the new test of my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup... You do show the Lord's death till he come. We don't believe in transubstantiation. Now that's a big word. That's a, one of those $100 words, okay? But what that really means is that the Catholics believe this, okay? Uh, what they believe is that when you take the bread, it's actually the body of Christ. Or when you take the cup, it's the actual blood. It turns into the actual blood of Christ. We don't believe that. Okay, it's not, it's a picture, it's a symbol, it's symbolic, it's a time of what we do or remembering what God has done for us. When we eat the bread, the unleavened bread, we think of the body that was broken. It doesn't become the body of Christ, but it is a picture, just as my ring here. It's a picture. What's it picture? It pictures that I'm married, that I've been, uh, that, I, that I have a wife. It's symbolic. Now, if I take that off, I'm still married. But it's symbolic. It shows people. It tells people. And that's what the bread and the, is supposed to do. It's supposed to picture what the Lord had done for us. The bread pictures his body. And I want you to notice that he was the one that broke the bread. No man took God's life, but he gave his life willingly. Do you realize that when, when Christ was here on the, the earth, that he lived those 33 and a half sinless years on this earth, and then once he was taken, you know that was all part of God's plan? Sometimes we have this idea, and we've even heard maybe people talk about it, that, that they took his life. No, they didn't take his life, but he gave his life. He gave his life as sacrifice for our sins. And you know, the thing about it is, is that his body it was bruised, it was battered, it was tortured, it was pierced. It was beaten. It was spat upon. We think about, as, as we think about this time, it, and we think about the body of Christ, we think about all that he endured for you and I. I mean, that's what this point is, is when we think, if we take of the bread, uh, you need to think about uh, when Christ was here and how he was beaten. So I don't like thinking about that. I don't either, but it just shows, it gives us that much more care and love for what God has went through for us. The agony, the pain, the suffering that he went through when his body was beaten with a cat of nine tails. And I've shared this with you. That cat of nine tails was leather straps. And it had shards of metal and glass and rocks and anything else that would cut. And what they would do, now, I don't know about you, but this bothers me. But what they would do is that Roman soldier, he would take that whip and he would whip our Lord and what it would do, it would literally, what, what it would literally do is it would wrap that, those leather straps would wrap all the way around his body. And as he, that, that Roman centurion, as that Roman soldier, he pulled back those leather straps, those shards of metal and rock and glass would just cut in. 
to our Lord and Savior's body. I don't know if you really understand all that the Lord went through. The Bible says that he was beaten so badly. He was marred so badly that you couldn't even recognize him. Do you realize what our Lord did for us? As we come to this time, it's not a, it's a serious, it's a, it's a symbolic occasion. It's a special occasion thinking about what Christ has done for us, the body of Christ. The Bible says, who, uh, who did no sin, nor was there guile found in him. That's why we take the unleavened bread, because leaven in the Bible, it always represents sin. A, whole, a little bit of leaven, leaven the whole lump, the Bible says. It talks about sin in our lives, and and. The Bible says that Jesus knew no sin, nor was there guile found in him. So that's why we don't take just regular bread, but it's unleavened bread because he was perfect, sinless. We're saved because he suffered in our place. By his stripes, we are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. But then I want you to notice the picture of the blood. His blood. The Old Testament, or the covenant, was inferior. And it relied upon the blood of bulls and goats and, and lambs and sacrifices for man's sin. And, but see, Jesus Christ became the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice. And His blood was applied for our sins, was atonement for our sins, not from once a year. As they made in the Old Testament, what they did, they came and brought their sacrifice and that the priest would, uh, the high priest would go and sprinkle the blood and, and you know the story what would happen and that would be an atonement for the people's sins for, for that year. But Jesus Christ became that ultimate sacrifice, not for a year, but forever. He has given us eternal life. See, the Bible says there in Mark 15, 38, it says, The veil of the temple was rent from twain from the top to bottom. No longer do we have to go to a high priest. No longer, but I guess we do go to the high priest because Jesus Christ became the high priest. And He is our high priest. Again, the wine... Was, uh, was used, uh, it was unfermented wine. It didn't have alcohol in it. The word is gunos in the Greek. And what you do, if you look up that word, it means fresh or new, straight from the vine. So what that, that, that uh, uh, wine there, it was, it was fresh, it was new, it hadn't been fermented yet. Why do we do that? Because again, fermentation represents sin in the Bible. In Jesus, there was no guile nor sin found in him. But then I want you to notice the purpose. Why do we take it? It's to look back and remember. Remember Christ. That's the whole purpose. We remember Christ, what He did, His life that He lived, the miracles, the, but ultimately the sacrifice. When He died on the cross, He was buried and He rose the third day. Remember the crucifixion. Folks, I, I, I think you need to take time and just think about this. Think about all that Christ went through on the cross. But then, not only that, but also he, this is to serve as a reminder of a commission. The Christ, remember the Christ, remember the crucifixion, but also remember the commission. Why did God go to the cross? So you and I may be saved. And that's to remind us, hey, we need to go out and share the gospel with other people. Share what God done for us 
and tell other people about this. The Bible says, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Remember his willingness to take our place. Oh, he could have called 10,000 angels. But he stood there and took our place. The Bible says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears and is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. But then we'll look backwards and remember also we're to look forward and rejoice. We're to look forward to the clouds and rejoice. You know, I believe, and I, I know you hear me say this all the time, but I believe the Lord's return is imminent. I believe it could be today. And it wouldn't bother me a bit, but we're to look forward. You know, this, this is not our heaven, folks. You may love it here on earth, and, and I do. I love my life. I love my family. I love all, the, I, I love all that God has offered me here uh, in this life, but can I tell you, there's something waiting that is beyond. It's beyond this what you can imagine. We need to look forward to rejoice. I'm not saying, hey, let's go out and kill ourselves. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, when God does take us, and when God raptures us out or takes us home to be with Him, it's not a time of. Uh, uh, to be sad, but a time to celebrate in the fact that we're Christians. We're with the Lord forevermore. Look forward and rejoice. The Bible says, For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till He comes. That, that brings me, you know, the, the whole thing about that that speaks out, it says, till He come. You know what that's saying? God is never slack on His promises. That means that God's coming back to get us. Till He come. We believe he came once and we believe he will come again. Each time we partake, it, will, it is with the hope that Jesus will come and we won't have to partake of that Lord's Supper anymore. Be reminded of those things. We'll see him face to face. But then I want you to notice the final thing. This is a serious observance. There in verse 27 it says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall eat and drink uh, are guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of this bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are sick, weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. See the need for determination. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread... And drink of this cup unworthily. To be unworthy means to be unfit or inappropriately uh, or improperly. We must be determined to take the Lord's Supper worthily. You say, how do we do that? Confession of sin. Getting right with the Lord. There was a lot of people that were taking it. They were doing it uh, and, and they weren't worthy. They weren't, they weren't uh, justified. They weren't righteous they weren't saved and they didn't have a scriptural walk with the lord those who distort the meaning uh, as did the corinthians they eat and drink unworthy drank unworthily those who despise the meaning say uh, we'll do as we please we'll eat and drink unworthily those fail to discern the lord's body and the symbolic meaning of it, it says they eateth and drinketh damnation to themselves you must be born again believer you must be walking with the Lord. To eat and drink unworthy is a serious offense in the Lord's, Lord's eyes. 
That's why we always, at the end of uh, you know, the, the message, that's why we have an invitation before we take the Lord's Supper is so that we can have a time, examine our sights. The Bible says, let a man examine him himself. I'm not going to say, oh, you're not worthy. You can't, no, I, I know what you did last week. No, I, I know what you did. Because the fact of the matter is, is you may know what I've done. And I'm unworthy, but I tell you this, I'll make, it, I'll make sure I'm right before I take of it. Because it's a serious case, serious occasion that we eat and drink worthily. But there's a need of an examination. Let a man examine his heart. Each person in here, we don't have people patrolling saying you can and you can't. And I can tell you this, at our church, this is what you, if you are saved and you have a scriptural walk with the Lord, you can partake in the Lord's Supper but I'm not going to say you can and you can't because that's the Lord's job to examine our hearts. The Bible says this, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. There may be someone in here who says, Pastor, I just don't know for sure that I'm saved. Then before you eat or drink, of the Lord's Supper, you need to know for sure that you're saved. That's something you need to know for sure. And you can know. If you're not saved, today's the day of salvation, and now's the accepted time. That's the whole reason the Lord came to the earth. It wasn't to prove anything. It was to die for our sins, that we may be made righteous. You know, there's coming a day. There's coming a day of judgment. You know, those that aren't saved are going to be judged. And they're going to be standing for uh, the Lord. And the Lord's going to say, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. And they'll be cast into hell forever and ever. There's also a day of uh, judgment for, uh, for the Christian. Not for the sins that we committed, but for the motives of our service. For the reasons why we serve the Lord. So as we examine our hearts, number one, if you're not saved, you need to be saved. Number two, if you're a Christian, you need to examine your heart why you do what you do. Is it because you love the Lord or is it because you want an attaboy, you want people to praise you, look at you? Examine your own heart. Make sure you're right with the Lord before you partake of the Lord's Supper. Have the right attitude. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Lord's Supper is a special occasion. It's symbolic observance and then it's a serious observation. I want to encourage you this morning as Miss Haley comes to prepare for the invitation. I want to encourage you to find a place at the altar. Maybe you've maybe you just want to come. No one's being judgmental here this morning. If you come it's not we're not going to say, oh they are sinners. Because I can tell you right here I'm I'm the chief of sinners. I want to encourage you to find a place at the altar and say, Lord, as God has spoke to your heart, Lord, there's some sin in my life. There's something that's not right. God, I need to come before you and confess these things. Come this morning, and maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord. Today's the salvation. Get it settled today. Don't put it off. Get it settled today. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for the opportunity. Lord, to worship and praise you, to give you all that we have. Lord, I thank you for speaking to my heart, how I've examined my heart already this morning. 
And Lord, I, you know that I'm unworthy. But because of your forgiveness, because I've confessed it, Lord, you, you've, you've uh, made a way. And Lord, I pray that each person here would look and examine their own hearts and make sure that they're right with you and with man. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. If there's one here that's not saved, please, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would convict their hearts and they wouldn't leave this place until it's, they know for a fact. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Miss Liz began playing softly. God has spoke to your heart. Would you come? Find a place at the altar. No one's judging. I'm not going to judge you this morning. No one else judges you. Maybe you just want to come and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Maybe your heart's already cleansed. Maybe you're already, you've already sought forgiveness. Maybe all things are right. That's praise the Lord for it. But there may be occasion to come just to praise Him for dying on the cross for your sins. Won't you come and just find a place? Get along with the Lord. This day is this is a special occasion. It's symbolic. And it's serious. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart today. dealing with hearts take your time the Lord's dealing with hearts you just be in an attitude of prayer Just before we take the Lord's Supper, I'm going to have Brother Duke and come sing, and come sing a song for us. The blood of Christ is, uh, is uh, what we're partaking of this morning, uh, and that's what, I, that's, what, that's what I want to sing about this morning. The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary The blood that gives me strength From day to day 
it will never lose its power, and it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives us strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Amen. Amen. We'll ask the men if they would come and help assist.
Bible says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. But Travis, we Father in heaven, we thank you so much for sending your dear son. Lord, we, we remember today we reading the word how his body was so broken, couldn't even be recognized as a man. Lord, we how we can understand all the suffering and the pain and with that and the humiliation of those that walk and reign upon him. Lord, we thank you for that body that was broken. And we give you all the praise and the The Bible says, and after the same manner also he took the cup. After the same manner, he also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do as often as you drink this. This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Of that, I'm sorry. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you this morning for the gift of your Son that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, that you sent him to earth to die for our sins and that his blood was spilled out so that. By that blood, we could be washed and let us know before you, Father. We thank you for this gift that you've given to us. 
because you love us, Father, each and every one of us. And we give you all the glory and honor and we pray that you bless us, Father. In Jesus' name. The Bible says, as they left, they sang a hymn or sang a song. And so we're going to sing, I love you, Lord. And then I'm going to give you just a couple announcements and uh, take up our offering as well. Let's see. I love you, Lord. offering. I do want to just remind you of a couple things on our, uh, uh, just so you know, this coming Saturday is we're going to have a work day here for Back to Bethlehem this Saturday. Yeah. Um, so it, all that are able to, we want you to come out and uh, be here to help out with that. And uh, then also, uh, this also this coming Saturday is our Lord's, or our, our prayer breakfast. And uh, so I want to encourage you to come out for that. Uh, no other pertinent information to give you right at this moment. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Adam Amos. Our Trustee of the Week, Brother Jack Schaus. Our Missionary of the Week, Brother Kelly and Miss Debbie McMaster. Our Family of the Week, Brother Sonny and Miss Donna Wiggs. Remember these folks in your prayers, all right? Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Brother Danny, sir, would you please ask a blessing on offering? graciously have given us and blessed us with so many gifts. Lord, we ask you to touch people's hearts to give of this offering with a cheerful heart. We'll give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Let's all stand and we'll close in a word of prayer.
do want to remind you of one other prayer request. Uh, Brother Steve Cook, missionary that we support, Jewish missions, uh, his wife is in really critical health. Uh, she has leukemia and not doing very well at all. So uh, he's been keeping me posted. But I would ask that you remember uh, the Cook family in this time, all right? Let's go ahead and, and ask the blessing on our... Uh, we want to ask you to stick around and, and encourage you to be here and fellowship with some folks. Uh, we have plenty of food back there. I'm going to ask you, uh, Brother Greg, would you close and remember the blessing on the food, please? All right. Father, Lord, we thank you for this Lord's Day that we've come together together to uh, worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we come boldly to the throne of grace, Lord. Our prayer petitions through the blood of the Lamb. Father, we thank you, Miss Cozy, uh, Cook, this morning for what you we hold her up for her well being. Pray good Brother Steve, Lord. Continue to bless our ministries. Father, we pray now that we gather together, Lord, fellowship around the food. We pray that you bless the food. Bless the hands that prepared it. 